This is an ACB community call presented by American Council of the Blind. This Unmute Presents community call was hosted on Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Unmute. Good to see everyone. So a couple announcements here at the top. First, we wanted to let everyone know we're going to take all first hands first. And then if we have time, we'll take second hands. So if you have tech questions, you can get your hands raised. Also, please be respectful to everyone else and their questions as you would want to be for yours and allow everyone to ask their questions with the same respect. Also, I wanted to let everyone know that we are going to be having the developers from Speech Central coming into the studio to record a podcast. We'll be able to ask all kinds of questions about their app, and they're going to tell us all about it. And for those who don't know, what it is, is it's basically a very similar app to Voice Dream Reader. And if you are familiar with all that's going on with that, then um, this will be interesting. So if any of you have any questions you would like to be asked, then you can go ahead and email those to feedback at unmute.show. And if time allows, we'll try and get your questions in. and. Also, hot off the press today, Final Cut Pro and Logic is coming to all M1 or M2 iPads, which is hugely awesome and I'm super excited about. And with that being said, Michael, how's it going and what you got for us? I am not as excited as you are about that, but it is super uh, awesome news for people who use those tools. Uh, I'm going to go over some of the recent content that you pub- or that we've published over the last couple of days. And you might want to clarify, I think we're meeting with the gentleman tomorrow. So if you have questions, you want to get those into us before, I would say before tonight, so that we can get them in there. So, uh, or is that next Wednesday, Marty? That's that's by tomorrow, right? Yep, it's tomorrow at 1 yep. p.m. is when we're doing that. So you want to make sure you get your questions into us before that if you have any. And it is not live. It'll just come out on a Thursday episode, and we'll be sure to mention that just so people are aware. So on Sunday, we shared automating your Mac with Hazel, and I uh, took a quick overview of how I've set up my downloads folder to be watched by Hazel. So unmute files, for example, are moved over to the ACB media folder in my Dropbox, and uh, I don't have to do anything once I actually get those files produced. And that's one way that I've saved a lot of time with producing the content for Unmute Presents when it comes out. Uh, So give that a listen. If you're a Mac user interested in Hazel on Friday, we talked about navigating creative spaces and staying safe in a digital world. Uh, Now that's kind of a convoluted title, but that was our Friday finds for Lynn. Uh, And Lynn and Marty sat down, chatted about a couple of stories that uh, you can go listen to. It's about 20 minutes long and uh, get some information about that. On Thursday, we had the 
voice a lot of people might know, Sheila Young on Unmute Presents. And she came and talked to us about audio description and making movies and TV accessible for the blind. And uh, it was a unique uh, conversation. You may have heard parts of this conversation with other people or even with Sheila. I'd recommend giving it a listen if you haven't yet. Again, that's Thursday's episode. Um, and that's what we've got coming at or published. And then uh, remember that we have some, some fun stuff coming up. So stay subscribed to the Unmute Present podcast feed in your favorite podcast platform. Belinda, thanks for your help today. Who do we have first? All right. First up, we have Jane. Hey, Jane. Um, hi. Uh, for me, a couple of uh, Mac questions. One of them is, uh, what is... I've heard of Hazel and Keyboard Maestro. I just don't know what that is. And then also, how do you make sure... Um, well, I have a couple of Macs in this house, but it seems to me that the content from the living room Mac comes to my iPhone. <laughs> I don't want their content coming to my iPhone. Uh, something to do with handoff, I guess, or something. What, what I would say about that to start out with is if you go into your iCloud account on your phone then I would look at all the devices that are attached to your account. And if there's any devices that you don't want to sync back and forth or send data back and forth or talk to each other in any way, you can remove them from your account and have them either go to a different account. iCloud account is what I'm talking about. Or they can just stand alone and not be attached to any iCloud account. So I would start there. So yeah, look okay. at the devices that are attached to your account and see if there maybe something's configured to synchronize with your phone because that seems like a, a undesirable situation. <laughs> and then Jane, uh, to answer your other question about Hazel and Keyboard Maestro, two powerful tools on the Mac, what Hazel will let you do is set automations based on your files. And that might sound convoluted. Let's say as an example, though, if I have an MP3 file that's downloaded to my uh, downloads folder that contains the word unmute and starts with 20 because our files are named 2023 month day hyphen unmute presents dot mp3 so if it matches those requirements then move the file to this specific folder and you can get as complex or as detailed as you want um, one of the other rules that i have and i think i may have outlined it in sunday's episode is if you see a pdf file that starts with 94 and has the words usps move this to my tracking uh, uh subfolder in my downloads folder so that way i can always find all the tracking labels that i have so it's just a way to automate keeping your file um, organized and then keyboard maestro will automate tasks on your Mac and you can assign those to keystrokes or uh, other external devices to trigger them and both of which are accessible. So hopefully that gives you a little bit to look at um, definite deep rabbit holes you can find yourself in. Bell, who do we have next? Anisio. Hi, Anisio. Thanks for coming back. You had a blind shell question. Hi, I'm back. Um, first of all, thank you so much for the service you guys provide. This is it's wonderful. Um, but my question is about the blind shell. I've, I installed uh, WhatsApp, and every time I try to use it, I get an error message. And I don't know if exactly the language because I don't have the thing with me now, but it says something about you appear to have a custom ROM card installed, which is incompatible with the blind shell. 
Yep. So I can solve that problem for you right now. Um, so blind shell, it, it, they've never hidden it, is built on the Android operating system. Because Android is open source, that means that other people can make changes to the Android operating system to customize it to fit their needs. And that's what blind shell has done. Because Blindshell has customized the Android operating system, WhatsApp says, hey, you're running a custom ROM, which is uh, the, what they call Android operating system in the Android world. And so they're saying this may not be compatible with WhatsApp. So it's, it's checking out for your security. There's a button at the bottom that says, okay, when you choose that button and then you finish the setup process, then you won't see that message again after you go through the setup process. Um, if you do keep seeing it, let me know. But, it, but that's how you get rid of that uh, in future. One of the steps during the setup process is going to be, uh, would you like to configure backups? And unfortunately, backups at this time are not supported on the blind shell. So what I tell people is to choose the, the um, time frame that you want to do backups, and the last option is never. And when you choose that option, and then you hit the OK button, and then you finish that setup process, you don't have to do either of those steps again with WhatsApp. Great. Thank you so much. Can I ask another question? Certainly. Related, not related, but it's with the blind shell. I, I, am a, I use an iPhone, but I, I do teach the blind shell, so that's why this is so helpful. Um, where, where is the setting to, uh, to determine whether or not a phone call is, is uh, answered with a speakerphone or the earpiece? Stay tuned, Anisio. I will find that setting and drop it in here in a couple of minutes because I don't remember, but I will go look for it real quick and let you know for sure. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Again, thanks for all, all the guys you guys do. No yep, problem. No problem. And before we, oh, uh, sorry. before we go, no problem, Val. Sorry, I just jumped in there because I found it faster than I thought. Uh, to the next one, Anisio, you go to settings, sound, and then up one, and it says automatic speakerphone. If you turn that on, it should answer on the speakerphone. By default, it is turned off. So hopefully that helps. And who do we have next, Bell? All right. Next up is Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? Thank you. Um, so I've got a video that my wife shot and I'm, I can share the video with some of my, some of my contacts, but others, I get this message saying the video is too big. Can I, um, I don't know how to share it. So if you open up the video, then there's going to be a share sheet. You can, it's either going to, i not sure on your device where it'll be, but somewhere either on one of the corners, either top yeah. or bottom. Once you click that, then you're going to see there's a whole bunch of different ways you can share it. And you can do a text message, you can do an email, any of that. Now, if you don't manually make the video smaller, then when you email it, the email app will look at that file and go, hey, this file's really large. Do you want to make it smaller before you email it? And you can click either actual size, uh, smaller, smallest, you know, whatever. And then it will do that for you. You pick the one, it'll attach to the email, finish up your email and hit send. And uh, it does it automatically for you through email. If you're going to use another service, you'll have to manually make it smaller. Okay, so there's no way to, I guess, like... Um, there is. Like, You'd have to go into the program, open it up in one of the programs, you know, that you... Show. Well, how did you get the video to begin with? Um, my wife shot it on her 14 Pro Max, and um, it just showed up in my iCloud. So, so 
what you might want to do is see if she can open up the original file and she can resave it in a smaller format. Um, actually, what might be faster for you too, Marty, is one of the share options, uh, since it's already in iCloud, should be share with iCloud link, I think is what it's called. Oh, and cool. then that then you can text that to someone and it doesn't matter how big it is. They just tap on the link and it should open it. So if that's one of the share options and you haven't tried that, look for that and try using that. And that might solve the issue for you as well. Yeah. They're not downloading it that way. They're watching it in the browser basically. Well, yeah, actually okay. you could do it both ways. They could download it or have them watch it in the browser. Okay. That'd be great. Thank you, Jonah. Yep. No problem. All right. Next up we have Chanel. Hey, hey Chanel. Chanel. Hello. Well, first of all, I wanted to just thank you for mentioning me in your show and uh, giving you an idea for a show. And that's what I wrote my email about last week. I also just wanted to say, um, as I said, my email installing Mac GPT was not quite as easy as it could have been. But I mean, I, I managed to do it. I think it was kind of hard to find the download link. And then there was a captcha. I didn't realize it first on the site. But um, once that was fine, you know, it... I discovered that Mac GPT will allow you to use the, um, it'll kind of present the web interface. Um, so you, you can, I did try, I was a little bit unclear and I had to do some digging on Google and then the, um, open AI thing about keys. Cause I know Michael uses a key mm -hmm. for his. And so I was trying, it said I had a trial key but then when I tried to enter a query into GPT, it said the trial was expired. So I went back to just the regular web and I wasn't sure if I wanted to set up payment for it. I, I'm just, I want to make sure I'm setting up payment for the right thing. Gotcha. Uh, and, uh, but I did try having chat GPT write me a book review that I could put on Goodreads because um, I hate writing. I absolutely hate <laughs> writing. Hate it with a passion. But... Um, I can, I really didn't know. I kind of was more ambivalent about the book than I am about writing. So I tried to have it come. It, it came up with some interesting stuff. Um, with all my blabbing, I probably would cut and paste parts of sentences if I was going to use it, you know, still, but I, overall, I liked how it was summarizing what I was trying to say. So I didn't actually use it, but I thought it would be kind of a fun exercise to try. So there you go. Well, thank you, Chanel. And two tips that I want to throw at you and other GPT users, and I mean this by in general. It does. It's not limited to Mac GPT or Chat GPT. Uh, we didn't mention at the top, but Bing Chat is now available to everyone. So if you have a Microsoft account, you can go to chat.bing.com and actually use the Bing version of Chat GPT. So what I'm about to can tell I you. Can I do will, it in any browser? Yep. Or not? Um, I I have tested it in Edge. I have not tested. Oh, okay. Because I was trying browser. in other. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, and so what I, what I would recommend for you though, Chanel, is if you, if you customize the prompt to what you're telling chat GPT, and, and I'll detail that and give you an example of that. Usually the titles that I come up with, because like you, I absolutely despise writing. I know it needs to be done, but I hate sitting down in front of a blank edit field and saying, what do I need to write now? Yeah. I'd rather put in the heading levels yep. and do the, all the formatting yep. cutesy things than let, write let the me, thing. Let me tell you what okay. I want. Let me outline what I want to get on this paper and you fill in the details is what I yeah. would like. And that's how I use chat GPT. But if you customize how you approach the conversation, I think some people forget about that. 
So with Unmute Presents, I say, specifically my prompt starts with, you are an assistant to a podcast host, and you're helping me create show titles, descriptions, and a promotional paragraph to promote this content. The first show I need to work on is, and then I tell it today's date and a couple of the questions we answered, and then I hit enter, and it produces all of that content. And when you figure out the way to talk to ChatGPT to get the content out of it, I think you'll realize how how super powerful that can be. And then uh, we'll we'll wrap up with saying that it is as powerful as you want it to be. And if you have a writing of your own that you really like, and you're like, hey, I wish all of my emails from ChatGPT would kind of read kind of like this, or someone else has something that you're like, I wish my writing came out like this, take that entire message and say, hey, chat GPT, describe the tone of this writing for me. That way, when you go tell it to write an email, you can use those keywords that it gave you and say, give it to me in this tone, and it'll have a similar tone to the tone that you gave it originally. Okay. Sometimes it's hard just to come up with initially because you have to write to tell it what to write. So yeah, (laughs) um, that's the hard part, but thank you. No problem. Thanks, Chanel. Who do we have next, Belle? Next up is Judy. Hey, Judy. How you doing? Hey guys, um, question about the um, voice memos app on my iPhone. So I use it to record my karaoke tracks for community karaoke. And more often than not, I will record something for that Saturday's um, karaoke. So it's in the main folder and that's fine. But I, I decided that I wanted to sometimes record tracks ahead of time, kind of like keep them in the can, you know, so for, for future uh, so I, I created a karaoke folder within the Voice Memos app, and I thought that if I recorded something, I can move it to the karaoke folder and keep track of it there so that I would know that it's something that I haven't done, and when I needed it, I could just pull it out there. But it seems to live in two places. It seems to live in the karaoke folder and in the main folder, which kind of defeats my purpose, because then if it's in the big one, I wouldn't necessarily remember that I have never submitted that. Are you following what I'm, what I'm saying? And I don't understand why that is, why it could be in two two folders at once. Uh, usually uses the main folder. It doesn't typically do that in every app, but for whatever reason, in the Voice Memos app, even though you create a folder, it still uses like the main folder to house everything. Um, it's sort of like that in Notes as well. Even though you can make different folders, there'll still be a thing that says iCloud, and then all of your notes are going to all be listed in there, even though you've moved them to other folders. Uh, the only thing I could recommend is renaming your files and maybe putting a little note when you rename it saying you know when you recorded it or something like that so you know but unfortunately there isn't really much change there unless you move the audio file completely out of voice memos into something else nope right that yeah. doesn't I mean, even does... oh go, oh, ahead. Sorry, go ahead no no please go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say nope because I, th- I didn't hear what marty was saying i thought he was gonna say unless you go in and actually move it and i just tried to with voice memos and i'm seeing exactly what you're seeing that makes no sense Pretty much all you're doing is is not even moving it. You're just tagging it with the name of the folder, and it stays in the main folder, but you exactly. can just view those tagged ones. And exactly. that is convoluted. And I'm yeah. right. What Try I was playing. saying was you could do a recording, and once you're done with it, you could make a folder, say, like on your desktop or wherever, and you can actually drag the audio file into a folder for later use. 
And then if you wanted to get rid of it out of your voice memos, you could do that because it would be in a separate place in a separate folder outside of voice memos. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I'm doing this all from voice memos and it does have the date that it's recorded, which wouldn't necessarily help me if I want a few of them for the future. So you could rename them, though. You could rename the files. Right. So if I renamed it, I I could uh, just I would rename it just from like the karaoke folder and it wouldn't rename it in the main folder. It would, it would like just I rename say, the file itself. So say like the you're file recording a meant. file for two weeks from now, you could put the name of the song and then you could put the date of when you want to use it or something like that. Right. Which I wouldn't necessarily know. So if I renamed it in, in the one folder, it wouldn't rename it everywhere. It would just rename it where, where I renamed it no, from. It would just that right? anywhere that document or that file would show up would be renamed to whatever you renamed it to. Okay. So I could have a, like a track name and then future or something like that. And then it would, then I would be able to distinguish. Okay. Cause that like, yeah, you like it. It's, it definitely makes no sense at all. It's like, it lives in two places and it's just confusing to me. So, all right. Thanks guys. Yep. I appreciate it. Good luck to you. Thanks. Next up is Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth, how are hey, you doing? Can, hey, I'm mostly okay. Um, I have a couple of questions and a comment. So could I do the comment first really, really quickly? Sure, um, go ahead. I have tried to say um, blind people instead of the blind every time I can, not really because I need to say that among blind people, but because it encourages other people to think of us using the word people instead of like the poor, right. the homeless, like the anything is not a real person. It's the, I wish this would go somewhere else where I don't know anything about it. You know, the rioters, the blacks, the, you know, the people crossing the, the, the border crossers. They're not even people. You hear what I'm saying. So if I can put the word people into it, I try to do that just because it reminds people that we're people. So, okay, so that's not a big deal, but it's it's sort of useful Shoot sometimes. Feedback. Yep. Yeah, it's and feedback. What's your it's question feedback. there, Elizabeth? Okay, my question, I have, okay, so let me start by saying that I took a lot of things out of the, um, the, um, uh, I went to, um, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble speaking. I went to settings and privacy and I unchecked a lot of stuff that was coming up in the background. There's a lot of it in there, man. I had no idea because it, I thought it would be just in the startup um, folder, but it's not. There's a bunch of stuff in this other place. And so my computer is running better now that I disabled a lot of that stuff. And I'll bet there's more I can disable. But one of the things I've noticed that's happened lately is when I go to download a file and it will happen anywhere I download a file. It doesn't matter what website I'm using to download the file. Um, my recent downloads dialog box will pop up and automatically. And I it never used to do that. It's totally obnoxious. I don't know why it would be doing that. And it basically says the name of the file and then it says done, you know, when I'm through and everything. But I I don't want my recent dialogue box popping up in the middle of my trying to continue to do whatever I'm doing while my file is downloading. You know, I have to hit escape to get out of there. Any ideas? Why would it do that? I'm yep. on Windows 10. And you're using Edge? I'm not using Edge. I'm using Brave. 
but it's okay. a Chrome, it's a Chrome yeah, browser, and I never used it. I mean, you know, two weeks ago, it didn't yeah. do this. This is a new thing. So what I would check is if you go into the settings for Brave and then choose downloads, there should be an option that says turn off. Uh, I'm sorry, you just want to turn off the switch that says show downloads when download starts, and then that should potentially fix it. I, I don't know if that for sure will fix it. I did Google for Edge, but it looks like that's the similar place you would go it's in Chromium. I, I don't know why it would have stopped doing that because it never used to be that. I've been using Brave for years so and it never did Sometimes that. these browsers, especially Chromium-based, do updates and we may not even realize it and you know, little things like that do, yeah. do get changed. Okay, so, so the, other, check. the other bit is that if I've got a lot of, uh, is there some way to close all my, I've been closing tabs by doing Alt F and then X when I leave a browser so that that should close all my op recently opened tabs. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else I should be doing so those recently opened tabs don't linger around and use up memory and clog up the works? But while you're in settings, I would also go into the general and there's a startup, a new tab option. And yes. just make sure that all that's not set to be the previously used tab because that is an option. But I think that would work. And then a faster way instead of going Wait a minute. What should new tab be set to? I Well, that's dependent on you. I have mine set to a blank. And so I can just do control T or control N, depending on what I'm doing. Right. And then just start typing my Google search. But some yeah, people yeah. prefer there to be a home there. Or no, some people okay. prefer the last tabs that were in this window to uh, be no. what was open. So yeah, that's I what you. I was saying is check you. that out. I hear um, you. It says that, I mean, I'll go in there and it'll say like nine recent tabs but it looks like it's taking them all out and yep, closing yep. them correctly you could just reopen those the faster way to get out of the pro out of the brave though just so you know yeah. is if you press and hold alt and the letter q like quit and that should quit brave for you will it also close all my open yes. tabs yes if you have your startup set, that's what I said. Go check to see what your startup is set to for new tabs and new windows in and the do, general settings okay and alt q will do that um, it's a alt Q. You have to press and hold it though. It's not just alt Q. Got it. Got it. Okay. I'll hope I'll, I'll give you feedback on that. Thank you. Sweet. I appreciate this. No problem, Elizabeth. Who do we have next there, Belle? Next up is Beth. Hey, Beth. How are you doing? Okay. Um, I'm getting an iPhone 13 mini, and when they tra transfer my iPhone, you know, to what one iPhone to the other, it's always like that. The Bard website is like missing my books, or at least some of them. But yeah, because one <clears throat> teacher who worked with me um, from Des Moines, she said, well, that's funny. They didn't transfer. So I'm wondering why they they aren't transferring from to the to the new phone. So if I'm understanding correctly, uh, what happened is you got a new phone. You told them to transfer your data and your your books that you had downloaded to Bard did not transfer. Is that correct? Yes. So I don't know why that didn't work. I have never transferred data with Bard directly. Um, I have some suspicions of why it didn't work. But for me, I've always found it better to just go re-download the books in Bard if I wanted to. I know that's not ideal, but maybe someone yeah. else has some ideas. This is Chanel, and I have sad news that Bard transfer Bard. You always have to re-download, no okay. matter how you back up and sync your phone. It it never transfers the books. Oh, oh shoot! I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, that means it's that. just a Bard issue there, Beth. Then, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All righty. Thanks, Chanel. Um, okay. We well, thank you. <laughs> no problem. 
So I'm not seeing any other hands. Is that right, Belle? That is correct. Mm-hmm. Looks like one just popped up. Yep, we did. Marie. I, I just want to do a quick thing, and you can go into your previous downloads on BARD, and you can find books that you previously did. It's a little faster way to get to them and re-download your mm. books. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for that. I That is a, a place I don't even think about looking, but I naturally look there. So it's thank you for great because you don't have to go search for each book individually. Again. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So. Thank you. Appreciate it. Unfortunately, that won't keep your progress, but that is a way to get your books back. Right. Right. That's a good way to get them to a new phone anyway. All right. Thanks, you guys. Thanks a lot. Who do we have next, Beth? John. Hey, Hey, John. John. How are you doing? A newcomer, it looks like. We don't hear you right now, John. you're still muted. Can I be heard now? There Uh, you are. There we go. Now we can hear you, John. How are you doing? Sorry it took that long and all that. I I hate when stuff like that happens, but uh, this this may be uh, a little off topic, but I know there are folks here like from iaccessibility.social. Um, I'm trying to build a presence around Jam Site. That's my initials, but I'm also into music. So it's J-A-M-S-I-T-E. And I own and I'm using for my email, my jamsite.net account. Uh, a couple of days ago, I locked down jamsite.social. And where I'm going with this is, do any of you guys have ideas? Um, I know Jonathan hosts on masto.host and you know different considerations. I'm not going to try to put a Linux machine in here and run a server. It's more energy and time and learning curve than I have that patience. What's your, but, what's your ultimate goal, John? What are you trying to do? Do you want to get um, your music out there or what do you? Well, just to establish my own presence rather than under, under one of the generic, you know, tweeze cake. Or, I mean, I have tweeze cake right now, but you know, and I'm on all blind. Uh, what is it? Hamstock.social. Hamstock.social. But yeah. ultimately... You know, when I build out my website and my performance presence, I figured I wanted to have a social space and social media. So that's that's funny you bring that up because, uh, yeah, I, we've been having some some discussions about things related to that as well. So there's a couple of solutions for you. Uh, Masto.host is a good one. Looks like they start at six dollars a month to be able to build that out. Um, you could go down the path of putting together your own, and I thought about doing this for myself, my own Mastodon server on a Raspberry Pi, because really it's just Ruby and some uh, Linux scripts that you have to install to be able to run it. I didn't want to deal with the overhead of that and the headache. Um, yeah, I don't think other- I wanted the headache too, but I guess if we're going to just to talk, to talk about specific, I looked at Masto.host, which you know I'm inclined to go with, but... They talked about four threads and 20 users. And I mean, hopefully I want to get past 20, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to start paying 200 bucks a month to get like 100, 200 followers. I, so, I yeah, I think that's where the confusion is. It's not the users isn't the amount of followers you have. The users is people that will be logging into that instance. So people that will oh, be logging well, see, into this is the kind of social. info. My info. This is the info I need. Yeah. Um, and so that I think you would be fine unless you're going to have more than people, more than uh, five people who are going to have an at your name dot social Mastodon account. And for no. my use, I, I'm it's just going to be me or maybe me and a friend or something like that. And then I, two people, most, you know, John at jam site dot social, you know, John mm-hmm. at jam site and, you know, at John at jam site dot social. Yep. 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 And then so thanks for clearing up that confusion. Cause I didn't know what the users meant. I mean, I'd like to have a hundred followers or more <laughs> ultimately the whole idea is for 
exposure. You know? Exactly. Are you play live or you just want, what's your ultimate goal? Just play recorded Announce music? Gigs, um, promote discussions, feedback on videos I might put up. This is a long range plan. I mean, I won't really. You could also think about doing one of the streaming channels and you could either put together a pre recorded and edited video or you could go live and do something live and be live right away and you can have people come and follow and chime in in the uh met, in met, the comments I'm, and all I'm that kind of stuff or, you know i i would do that on youtube if i'm doing i'd point people to, to youtube streaming i think if i did right that's what i mean you don't have yeah. to deal with all the administrative headache you know you could right. just do what you want to do is play your music and interact with the people and not have to be a server admin <laughs> well, actually, it looks like the $6 a month plan will be good enough then because it's really just me. I don't even anticipate another person, you know. One one other inquiry slash thought for you, John, just to, to keep it in the back of your mind, because I imagine you like to tinker a little bit, but you don't want to always be tinkering, is right, yeah. uh, there's a service out there called Cloud Run. And I don't know if you've heard of them, but it's a Cloud one-click in Cloud Run, R-U-N. Okay, all one words here, all yep. U-D. Are you in? All right, cloud. Run. And you install it on your instance, and you and it's a one-click installer, uh, so you can install things like email servers or uh, URL redirects, or you can install Mastodon servers as well, and run that on your own instance if you wanted to as well. Depending on how much how much you want to get into the weeds of doing it, but it's a little, it's the middle ground versus paying someone to host it and you going and building your own. Okay, well, that's something to look into then. I so. appreciate it. I just needed to get some initial thoughts because thing number one was to lock down the domain and jam site. Thought social was available, so I had to pay for two years and ran me about fifty <laughs> bucks. But that's all right, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now you got it, and you'll I see mean, if you're I'm still using it. Two available, years from so now. it's locked in, so I can either use <laughs> yes. it or not. But, yeah. <laughs> but there you go. Thanks, John, for coming in. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, sure. So, who do we have all next? Right. Next up, we have Joanne. Hey, Joanne. How you doing? Hi, guys. Um, I hope this hasn't been covered already. I came in kind of late, but um, I'm going to be doing some uh, traveling this summer and I'm really not happy. I'm really leery of uh, hotel Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi. So I was wondering if I should, you know, because I'm going to need to be checking things on my bank accounts and all that and, uh, you know, my emails and all that stuff. So I was just wondering if I should just use 5G or get a VPN. Well, I have two suggestions for you. First, my question is, what kind of phone do you have? I have an iPhone 12 mini. You might want to double check, but I'm pretty sure that's new enough where you can turn your phone into a hotspot and then you can connect an external device, whether it's a tablet or a computer, to your phone's broadcasting Wi-Fi. And that would be much safer or a lot more secure than using the hotels. And since you'd be the only one on it, it'd probably be a bit faster than what the hotel has to offer unless they have something super high, fast internet. But I would check that. You already have that. You don't have to buy anything new. I would check to make sure with your provider how much data they'll give you when you do that. Because usually when you switch your phone to a hotspot and you're broadcasting, the amount of data they allow you changes depending on uh, what plan you have. Uh, when I say that, for example, if you're using your phone and you're on whatever you have on your phone, that may be unlimited data. But when you switch to your phone being a hotspot and you use an external device, then they do count your data differently. So you might want to check 
and make sure that your phone is capable of turning into a hotspot and make sure that uh, you have enough data for your trip. You know, so ask them, you know, what need anything else to pay so that you would be able to use that data while you're on your trip and not go over your bill or have some huge astronomical over data charge. So that'd be the first suggestion. The second suggestion is, again, I would check with your provider and see if they sell one of those little MiFi take along with you boxes, which works the same way as your phone would, but it's independent and it basically you carry it around with you and it gives you internet access via Wi-Fi for your external devices. And usually they'll give you a free box if you agree to a plan, but you may not need to do that if you're just using it on a trip. So I would check with them and see what the options are. The last thing is you can check with the hotel and find out, do they have good solid internet uh, and see if that's going to be safe for what your needs are. Otherwise I'd go with either option one or two. Okay, because I'm not going to have any other external devices. The only thing I'm going to have available is my phone. Yeah, then I would just stay on your phone's data then. That's going to be the safest thing and you don't need to pay for anything else. Yeah, I would okay. just use the cellular data over the hotel data personally. Uh, yeah, I've I've just heard of uh, some of my friends have gotten hacked, you know, on Wi-Fi networks and hotels. Now, the one thing I will tell you to do is if you're going to just choose to use your phone's uh, data, Instead of using Wi-Fi, then I would just go into your settings and just turn off Wi-Fi to make right. sure that you stay on your phone's data and that you don't actually accidentally end up on some random Wi-Fi. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yep. No problem. Good luck to you. Thank you. Dexter next. Hey, Dexter. Oh, uh, with regard to the lady who was just speaking, you know, one of the other considerations is is she traveling in the U.S. or outside? Oh, she didn't US say one way or the other. Exactly. And if she's going outside the U.S. at all, then uh, a lot of the data rates that can be exorbitant. Yeah, a lot of times if you're and traveling so, outside of the U.S., you need to get a different plan while you're traveling outside of the U.S. Or put a second SIM chip in your phone if your phone has that. But I'm not sure she didn't say whether right. she was in or out of the U.S. Yeah, but but that's a consideration that she needs to you know take into consideration. And if she is going you know outside the U.S. net, then a lot of times, yeah, connecting to the the net through the hotel is okay, but I would definitely be using a VPN that even, you know, for all my traveling, I always am using a VPN because right. it's just, it's safer. Yep. True. And do you have a recommendation for VPN, Dexter? Because I don't recommend any of them, but if you have one, feel free to share it with people. I use uh, PIA, uh, Private Internet Access. Uh, they retain less data than many of them do. And I've had pretty good success over the last seven, eight years that I've been using it. I have an app for the iPhone and that, uh, and then also have an app for the Mac. I can't say what they do or don't have with regard to Windows because I don't use it on <laughs> my Windows machine. But I suspect um, you could probably manually configure it if you had to as well. I, I use oh, I, I like their their, sure. their website. Yeah, I mean, you know, reaching them has not always been easy, but uh, to be truthful, I've had very few issues. And for instance, now they even have 
uh, you know, across the U.S. and that they even have you know sites, for instance, in Montana, Idaho, et cetera, et cetera. Used to be it was only like you know West Coast, uh, Salt Lake City, Denver. It's you know East Coast type sites, but but now basically essentially every state has its own site. Perfect. Well, thank you. That's a good solution, and I appreciate you bringing that up. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for that, Dexter. And I actually, the way I subscribe to it, uh, which makes it easy if I want to take and stop it, is I actually subscribe to it through um, Apple. Ah. And so I can control my subscription, you know, right there in my phone very easily. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Dexter. And we definitely appreciate that. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. Who do we have next, Belle? Pam. Hello. Um, hey, Pam. Mine, too, has to do with traveling. Um, and this is something I never would have thought of. Uh, but <clears throat> I've been hearing about this for the last few weeks. And when I have traveled um, and needed Wi-Fi, of course, in a hotel or something, um, I always made sure it was secure. Um, so it, it had a password. Um but what I'm hearing about now is what you got to be careful of is when you charge your phone, don't plug your charging cable directly into a USB port in like in a hotel. And I on rare occasions, I've actually done this not in the last few years, but because I haven't traveled. But uh, if you plug your phone, your charging cable directly into a USB port in a hotel room or in a in an airport or a bus terminal or whatever they can, you can get hacked but if you plug your phone into a i call it a block uh that you plug in directly into an electrical outlet to charge your phone you're not as um likely to get hacked and so the one who's traveling you might want to remember just don't plug your charging cable directly into a USB port that's in the wall, but um, plug it into a regular charger that you plug into an electrical outlet. I hope I made that reasonably clear. Thank you. You definitely did. And uh, actually, it's funny you bring that up there, Pam. Two Thursdays ago, we had Demasi on to talk security with us about this. And uh, it's uh-huh. called uh, Be Aware When You Plug and Play. And uh, yep. that is, that's a good thing to, as I said, bring your own, or as you said, bring your own uh, block and be able to yes. just plug it directly in. So thanks a lot, Pam. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I normally do that. There was one time I somehow managed to go off and forget my block and I did plug it straight into the wall because I <laughs> my phone would have gone dead otherwise. But that was three and a half. That was pre-pandemic. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I imagine that happens every once in a while. So, oh, thanks yeah. for bringing yeah. that up, Pam. You're welcome. Well, do we have any other hands? I see we have about fifteen minutes. I'm not seeing any at the moment. We got one. Well, yes, I do now. Uh, I believe this is Lisa. Yeah. Hi, it's Lisa G. Um, Hi, Lisa. How you great, doing? Good, thank you. Uh, great information. Thank you. I'm going to look up that VPM, VPN, I should say. Thank you for that info. Um, I'm still having trouble when I, like for this call, 
when I do the one tap mobile, it can, you know, it got processes and then it says, um, you know, you, you know, I'm going into the zoom call, you know, enter your meeting ID and password. And then it goes goodbye and hangs right up. I have tried to, so many things. I've reset my phone. I, you know, called Verizon. I had them check stuff out. I have a Verizon phone and I called Apple. Is there any, and I, and I asked about this once before and there was uh, on this call and somebody, and you had said one of the person had an issue with it. Has there been any updates with it? Cause I've tried everything I can on my end. Well, I haven't heard anyone else having issues with the Zoom one-touch dialing. I also am not as connected as sometimes I'd like to think I am. So if anyone else has uh, heard any feedback about anyone having issues with the one-touch dialing not working, uh, feel free to raise your hand and share that with us. But Lisa, unfortunately, the only other suggestion that I would have for you is not ideal, but to see if it works if you manually enter the information. I know, but I'm, I challenging because I can't do it fast enough. Isn't there a way we can get Zoom to slow it down for, you know, people with vision problems that have to switch back and forth and have to are you logging in? Are you logging in on a regular phone or what are you trying to call in on? No, my my cell phone and my cell phone, one tap mobile has been a sweet, you know, has been so sweet for two years. It's been solid over two years. Mm -hmm. And now and for several months now it's just I get thrown out. I get thrown out. I can suggest uh, installing the actual Zoom app on your phone. And then what you're able to do when you do that is there'll be a link in the email. Go ahead, Mike. Are you going to say something? Yeah. Well, first of all, I was going to say you're a little peaky just to give you a heads up. But uh, she also has poor data, if I remember right. And that's why she calls in with the one-touch dialing gotcha. versus just using the Zoom app. Because we talked about that last time. And, and she'd love to use the Zoom app, but her data isn't reliable enough to use it. Gotcha. Okay. Correct. Hmm. Correct. So um, I didn't know if there was any updates, if any, if it became a systemic problem or if it's because I, you, you know, like I said, I went through Apple you, and reset the phone is not easy when you have. Do you have Wi-Fi at home or do you not have Wi-Fi at home? I'm not always at home and I'm not uh, always at a place with Wi-Fi. That's my gotcha. problem. Gotcha. OK, gotcha. Yep, I mean, so, I, I have Zoom and I, ha- and I know how to do that. I know how to do Zoom. I know how to do meeting ID number and the past. That's. You know, I can do and I copy and paste it so I don't have to remember all the numbers. So it's great. But this is the one tap mobile I'm really needing to have work for me because I'm missing a lot of calls lately. Lisa, one suggestion that I have for you as well that I don't know if we've brought it up yet, but this sounds like it may be an issue with the way that iOS or I'm sorry, an issue with the way that Zoom is interpreting the numbers from iOS. Have you tried reaching out to Zoom support by chance to see if they have any suggestions? Well, I have an account, a paid account, but it's not like an upgraded one. It's it's a paid mm-hmm. at the lowest grade, and they will and they say there is no phone number I can access Zoom with because of the because I have a low grade, you know, not a high paying um, subscription, and they say there's no phone number. So it's like, oh. so I've tried to reach out to Zoom, so I have to do the chat thing, which doesn't always. Yeah, uh, you know that's. A <laughs> <laughs> I I can relate to that. Yeah, no. If anyone else comes up with anything, or or if anyone else is aware of anything, feel free to reach out to us, and we'll definitely pass it on to Lisa. I I'm so sorry to hear about those frustrations. I could imagine it's it's very aggravating. Yeah, well, I was oh, saying so far not had any raised hands in here, but I just did because for an experimental purposes, I just did a one tap mobile yesterday in webinar, and I had no problems. It dialed in the thing. It, it dialed in the numbers and then um i just hit pound to get into the room and i had no issues with one tap mobile yesterday so huh 
Okay. Well, that might be worth, uh, that could be something to try, Lisa, if you haven't yet, is try pressing the pound key after it's done doing all of its things and see if it connects you versus just saying goodbye. Well, I, okay, I will do that. But sometimes it's just as soon as it connects, it's oh. a, I, connect, I literally press, press the button to, to, to one tap mobile and it connects me and it goes, goodbye. It's very nice and very friendly. Yeah, at least it's at least it's polite about it, you know. It's uh, you know, know right? you're done. Yeah, and try again later. And my, my my thirteen year old now would since he's two, his words wouldn't have been goodbye. It would have been try again. So you know, maybe that would have been more appropriate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, good yeah. good luck there, Lisa. Sorry, I didn't have more direct information for you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All righty. Do we have any other hands there, Bell? Well, you know, as soon as you said that, you will. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, isn't that um, how it always goes? <laughs> not at the moment. Oh, well, I like it. So I think that means we might be able to wrap it up on time so people can get ready to go to to uh, listen to Games to Play with Lady A. So, um, Marty, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, if so, jump in here. Otherwise, I want to thank everyone uh, for joining us. Without you guys coming and the support that we get through ACB community, I don't know that we would be doing this call the way we're doing it. So we appreciate all the engagement and the feedback from everyone. Uh, Marty, how can people get in contact with us? And do you have anything else to say? Yeah, um, I will Agree with all of what you just said. Thank you all. We appreciate it. Also, I want to say a quick thank you to Belle and Herbie for helping us out today. We always appreciate you guys. And if you guys are going to be around community, like Michael was saying, a lady or yeah, a Games lady to play games with, with lady. There you go. That's for following this immediately, actually. And then uh, if you're going to be in the community later on tonight, I believe Bits is going to have mac bites with bits i believe it's called Mm -hmm. and they're going to be talking all things mac and all that information is going to be the email that was sent out today so if that's something that interests you you can check that out if you guys have any questions or anything you want us to address or if you have any questions you'd like us to ask for the um special event tomorrow then you can email us at feedback at unmute.show. And other than that, everyone have a great week. We'll see you next time. And thanks a lot.